understand you have underwear up your ass right now, but it beats the hell out of a shattered skull. Think about it. Vietnam didn't have the previous administration go, hey, let's meet with Ho Chi Minh and the Viet Cong and set up the terms of surrender. And we'll start withdrawing our troops across Vietnam now so that on this date, we can be fully out of your hair. How's that sound, Ho Chi? Or is it, or is it Chi Minh? Anyways, Mr. Min. but that's what Trump did. Trump went through and met, he had Mike Pompeo meet with this guy. So for... First, there was this guy whose name I forget because it's I'm I'm racist. So um, that's spirit. That's the beginning. Uh, no, but so he was in a in jail for life in Pakistan, right? For life, and he'd done some business with Trump in the past. Lord knows what Trump lets him out. Him and a bunch of his buddies out of prison. This guy was the leader of the Taliban. So the guy who is essentially the president of Afghanistan right now, is the guy who in 2018 Trump let out of prison. He just got out, went back to Afghanistan, rallied the Taliban, and uh, then again, Mike Pompeo met with this gentleman shortly after and started discussing the terms of our withdrawal. Not with the Afghani government, mind you, with the, the leadership of the Taliban. So our government, in an unprecedented way, which for some reason nobody ever talked about, met with a terrorist organization to negotiate our surrender. And then we had set up to leave in May, which of course got all fucked up because Trump lost the goddamn election. And so now we're sitting on the other end and you have conservative pundits both A, arguing about why it's terrible that we did this thing despite having Twitter tweets and all kinds of reports from them and statements in front of fucking C-SPAN talking about what a great fucking thing it is that Trump's going to be the man that gets us out of Afghanistan. And then six months later they go, what a fucking asshole Biden is. What a piece of shit that fucking guy is. Well, who's surprised? Who's surprised that I'm they're pissed. a bunch of flip-flopping motherfuckers? I just would have thought that the internet and our tracing of history, like how everything has been recorded now, would keep some of them from wildly lying like they are. But look at it this way. This is the big example I always go to. Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. helps block Merrick Garland's Supreme Court confirmation. He was one of the key figures in making sure that Merrick Garland didn't get a seat that was rightfully designated for him. Yes. And whether he doesn't get confirmed on the grounds of uh you just didn't have the votes this, that are the other that's thing. one thing yeah but the argument that they used was well the next i'm doing mitch mcconnell the next president should be able to pick who the the next supreme court justice will fill that because it's such a short amount of time it's a bunch of bullshit because yeah. you're stalling because you can see that you've got a weak democratic candidate and that trump's gonna crush her yeah which fucking sucks. I'm sorry, but it's true. So you got Lindsey Graham, who's a big mover and shaker in making sure that Merrick Garland gets fucked. And he says at the time, well, let me just say right here and right now, if the shoe's on the other foot, you use my words against me and let me know I'm a hypocrite. Yep. And then Cut everybody to the fucking death of does Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg. And, oh, how can you do this? That's even like Obama had something like nine months or like as many as like 18 months. I really don't remember when Scalia died and how much time Obama had left. It was it was like not it was like not 30 fucking days no. like Trump. No, no, no. It was it was more, but not like a ton more. I can't remember exactly. I know it was like right at the end. It was weeks. 
but it's still like, yeah, no, it was it was again. Trump's was like five weeks. It was laughable. It was, well, th- th- again, the point is is that it's a laughable argument at that point when you sit there and go, does everyone not remember what just happened? And they all go, I don't know what you're talking but about. You, you bring it up to him, and he's like, well, the difference here is that you know I'm fighting for what's right this time. Well, and you want to sit there and look at him and go, you are the reason. Like, honestly, I. how can anyone trust you? How can anyone trust you? But how does anyone not see the way American politics is going as being the fucking end of civilization as we know it? And I'm sorry. I hate to be hyperbolic about it because I'm sure people thought about the same thing at the end of the Soviet fucking Union when that fell. But you look at it and you go, we're way fucking worse than that. We're so fucking bad. We're so fucking divided. And I keep seeing these goddamn armchair fucking constitutionalist militaristic fucking i've got my own militia group and we're gonna rise up one day fucking people because they sit there and they go the people aren't gonna stand for this you imagine if the people stood up one day and all tried to go and take their representative by force and make sure that they know blah 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 and i sit there and go here's your problem you think that every other person out there who's pissed off at the government thinks exactly the same fucking way you do right they're all going to believe the same libertarian blah blah ideals you are. But even libertarians don't agree on libertarianism. Democrats don't agree on the democratic ideas of liberalism. And conservatives sure as shit don't agree on what the GOP is supposed to be doing right now. The difference between all the groups is the GOP constantly votes against their morals and for the party party fucking line every goddamn time. Which is why they win all the fucking time. Right? There's, there's no unity whatsoever. The only way you're going to get all of America to rise up as one is if they ban liquid nacho cheese. That is the one thing that will galvanize everybody in this country. Though. I'm just fucking tired of it, man, because all these same people who are sitting there being like, yeah, we got to do what's best for the country are the same fucking people who, if you and a martial law situation were to walk onto their porch, would shoot you dead where you fucking stand. They're the same goddamn people. Those three percenters, all the people, who are, oh, the 3% of the fucking population is going to survive if the world goes to shit, are the same fucking people who, if you were to walk up on their door being like, we're all Americans and we're all in this together, are the same people who would cap you in the fucking brain with the arms that they've been saving for the past 20 years, gleefully waiting for that shit. Yeah, there's six months of meat for the smokehouse. It's fucking, yeah, I just, I don't get it, man. I, anyone who believes that crap, I've got a boat to fucking sell them. I'm just so sick of it. I just want the world to end. I just want it to fucking end. Here we are a fucking half a year later or a year and a half later into fucking COVID. And I just am ready for it all to be done because I'm so sick. And everyone's like, where is it going to come to a head? I don't understand. What's causing all these problems? Mostly the rich, uh, the way that like everyone suffered and all of these rich people made billions of dollars more. Uh, they increased productivity during COVID. They gave you guys less money. And on the other end, when they when you sit there and go, we're all fucking dying out here. We're not getting paid much. Uh, the housing market has exploded. Rent's exploding. Um, can I get some more money? And they sit there and they go, oh, we can't. It's belt tightening around here. And you go, you guys made record revenue during a crisis. No, nah, but we've been paying for you to sit on your fat ass for 18 months. The least you could do is go back to Panera Bread Company and get a dollar, a fucking $5 an hour job without tips as the fucking cashier and like it. And when you get whipped mercilessly by your manager, you say, thank you, daddy. And you like it. And it's amazing the way so many restaurants may have an argument. You know what I mean? Being like, we fucking died during COVID. We lost a year's worth of profit. Oh, yeah. And you sit there and go, yeah, that sucks. Why is that your waiter's problem? 
Why is that your backup house staff problem when you sit there and you do these sneaky things to subsidize your own costs through your own workers? As if, look, some people are stupid on the bottom and don't fucking understand it, right? They just sit there and go, well, I don't understand how, uh, you know, uh, the, the group or, or a mandatory 15% increase onto the bill, does it, how that hurts me. That seems like it's a good thing for me, right? And you just got to sit there and explain to them, like, well, you know, you taking what would have just been into your pocket, it's going to them. They're taxing it now. So now that stuff that the re the reason people like fucking tipped fucking minimum wage is because the rest of their money goes into your pocket. Most of it is fucking IRS tax free because you're getting paid so fucking shitty. But when they pool it, they tax it for you, you fucking idiots. Well, then there are places that do it right. I got to shout out Gusto's. Josh, Josh Dickinson. Sorry if you don't want your name associated with this stupid podcast. I don't think you care. But but Dickie did the right thing. He tried to do right by his employees. He tried to make sure that they were taken care of. He tried to get open as safely and as quickly as possible. Places like the Burgerstone, uh, Burgerstone, the Burgerstone, the Burgerstone, the Cornerstone Burger Company in Northfield made a compelling argument. They were like, "Hey, our business takes a forty-three percent dip in revenue when the kids are not on campus at Norwich." Now. Put that in the context of COVID. We lost so much fucking money. We need to open slowly and our hours are going to be skewed. And so you can absolutely get mad at corporatists who are like, well, we're going to set sure. predatory policies or I'm just going to call them out. Jay Morgan, the place you used to work, fucking bastards that the way they want to get fucking blood from a stone from their employees and from their customers. Mm -hmm. So you have bastards like that. But then you have someone like Cornerstone saying, hey, we want to come back. We want to get opened up again, but we have to do it slowly and our hours won't be what you're used to. But we're just letting you know, for transparency's sake, what's going on. And some fucking buck-toothed, gum-bumping asshole who wouldn't be half so brave if he didn't have a fucking monitor between him and the person he's motherfucking gets on there and is like, I've worked in many restaurants and you guys don't seem to know what you're doing. Seems to me if you got to rely on the Norwich cadets to make your bread, then you got to fucking get into a different line of business. Toughen up. Put your big boy pants on. Well, I mean, the bootstraps, the bootstraps argument is one of the shittiest, biggest douchebag arguments I've ever heard in my fucking life. It never takes into account the argument that, and it's always the person who's making it who ends up being the fucking idiot in the room, unfortunately, but that argument never takes into account the idiot in the room. And I hate to be that fucking asshole because you can make this type of argument and people are like, you're a new eugenics Nazi, you piece of shit, or like any kind. Like I've, I've made arguments like this before and had people yell at me. But the fact of the matter is, is that, and I don't think it's too much of a shock to say, some people are fucking stupid. Sure. Right? You're looking at one. Sadly... There's some people who in the society that we've created aren't going to function well. They're not going to function well in a capitalist society that is generated around making money and only making money. It doesn't make fucking sense to them. Or they can't find that they're the certain cog in this certain piece. Or the one thing they're good at, they never know about. Because again, they're not. we're not in a world that's trying to teach most people what they're good at. We're trying to teach people how to make money for the person at the top of the company. That's it. That's what's fucking going on. Everybody who's sitting there chasing your dreams, I'm really fucking happy for you, and I'm really proud for you to be able to do it. But that's not the reality of a lot of fucking people in this country. Most of us are lucky enough where we got our educations, and we got to go to college, and we got to pursue some of that before the weight of the world smacked its big, meaty dick down on the back of our neck and said, hey, fuck you, make some money now, artist. But a lot of people don't even get that, and they well, get to go and work the nine to fucking five from 16 until God knows fucking when. 
yeah, you're 43 and you're the night manager at Panera Bread Company. Yeah. But one of the smartest things I heard about what you just said was, and you're going to laugh, was on the West Wing. There was a presidential debate between two characters, and, and Alan Alda's character said, it's not about lowering our ambitions, it's about targeting them. So instead of telling everybody the American dream is make oodles of money and ride jet skis with fucking naked women and you can have sex with a horse without repercussions if that's what you're into, like, that's the American dream. Maybe it's helping people articulate what a realistic and fulfilling dream is relative to who and what they are. The reality is, man, is that you have an American dream that tells you that once you make six to ten million dollars, there's now a new set of rules for you. And everybody wants to get there. And they don't realize there. that they never will. Yeah. And they're only acting and voting in the interests of people that would laugh if they saw them get hit by a fucking bus. Sure. And the sad thing, I mean, that's like the same thing, like. People talk like when you do research on like the Trumps or stuff, you know, uh, there's always that funny discussion with like, man, there's a reason Trump has a chip on his shoulder this whole time because his daddy made a lot of that money. Right. And they're new money. That's what they are. They're never going to get respect from all the people who have old money, all the old rich families, because they see them as being up jumped fucking douchebags. Oh, you made your money in some random phone. Good for you, you know, but you're never going to be invited to be a part of those clubs. How and did Fred Trump make his money? Fucked if I know. It was something scummy. I remember that. It was some, I mean, he might have been the same way that, uh, that Don did it through like slumlording it up, you know? Um, I can't remember what it was specifically. Um, but just, I mean, fuck that family, first off. I, it's funny because I use them as a pitiable example. Where I'm like, I think the hard thing that people realize don't realize is that no matter what you do, you will never be one of those people, ever. You can win the lottery and you can win $150 million tomorrow. You will still never be one of those people. That's just the way it is. And it's depressing. But we also have that sad reality where maybe that doesn't matter to you, nor should it. And understanding that $10 million will buy you a jet ski and an easier life, period. Like, that's just what it is. Everybody's searching for that way so that they can quit. Like, I got a buddy who I do the other podcast with. I give him tons and tons of shit because all he does is fucking buy meme stocks, right? All he does. But he set himself up at the beginning of COVID. So he's in a very advantageous position. He's like six figures deep in the stock market right now, right? Life-changing money. Life-changing fucking money. And I keep trying to tell him, you know what you should do is put that money somewhere smart so that you'll get a gain, like a, a guaranteed 5 to 10% yield on it every year. And in 10 years from now, you'll be sitting on half a million dollars or more. You'll be sitting on the kind of money you could really consider retiring on. Or you could put it into something slightly more aggressive and it might have the higher risk, but you'll end up better in 10 years versus betting on something that's being driven by Wall Street bets on Reddit. And you won't do it because the money doesn't really matter to him. But you sit there and you look at it and you go, this is this is what people do. People will do crazy shit sometimes. I'll be honest. To try and dive the fuck out of where they are. That's a little offensive. It is. He has that kind of money to play with and he's doing it for the lulls. Yes. Oh, trust me. We yell at him all the time. That's a little offensive to uh -huh. me. Well, because we sit there, we look at him and go, uh, it's funny that you're playing around with more, twice my net worth is what I usually say to him. Like, it kind of hurts. It kind of hurts that you're playing around with twice my net worth. Um and, and what's worse than that is I'm trying so hard to give you advice that I think will help you. And your result is just to laugh about it and go, at the end of the day, it, it'll be sad if I lose some of it. He'll never lose all of it because obviously if the market starts to crash, he'll dive out. 
But it's the difference between going, I have $140,000 or I have $70,000 or I have $250,000 and now I have $150,000 and that not being a big deal to some people. And that's crazy sitting here on the ground looking at it going, that's the kind of money for me right now. Or if you handed me me $140,000 right now, I could convincingly explain to you how I'm not going to work for the next five years off of it and try and orient my life towards doing something that I actually enjoy right? Mm-hmm. $140,000, $200,000, $100,000, $70,000 would change my life right now. It would literally set myself up because of how frugally I live to move somewhere I like and set myself up there and not really have to worry about finding a job to make that money, but simply finding a job that I enjoy that subsidizes that money that I already have. That's the fucking dream in my opinion. I don't think people can start sitting there going, oh, one day I'm going to have $5 million. I don't think that's realistic. I think the realistic thing is trying to find yourself enough money to find that thing that makes you happy before you're fucking dead. Well, and it's, it's fucked up that like we live in a country where my buddy, Andy, was just on the $100,000 pyramid. I don't know what the fucking show is called. He was on a game show. Sure. And the notable quotation from him on the way out was, I just made my yearly salary playing a game. Yeah. That's fucked up to me Mm -hmm. that he was, A, making so little money that a game show prize was able to make him more whole than his actual job. Sure. Well, and that's fucking insane. That's a fun secret, too, though, because you never you don't normally see people who are willing to make that stance on shows like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't remember that that uh, episode of The Millionaire where the person came and she's like, I'm three months in debt. I don't know how to feed my children. If I don't make at least $16,000 on millionaire, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent at the end of the month. The Yakuza is going to cut off my thumbs. Yeah, I'm three, I'm three grand in debt to the mafia. Like you never heard that story on millionaire. It was always like, I remember that guy who one years ago, he used his lifeline to call his dad. Right. And brag. Yeah. That guy was a fucking accountant. You think that that guy with his level of knowledge, that dude was probably pulling down six figures a year and they brought him on the fucking millionaire so he could added that chunk of change to his all. The dude manages money for a living. You don't think that he was already set up well? Well, it's like the professional gambler who went on a huge streak in Jeopardy. Yeah. And just like he knew how to bet well, so even when he fucked up a bunch of questions, he knew which ones to pick. You to pick the he, spread. <laughs> and he knew how to bet so that he would win even if he had a fucking off night. Yep. Everyone's like, wow, that's really smart. It's Mm -hmm. like, it is smart in its own way. But it's also a guy who was playing with house money. Well, it was funny because the the, the earliest story of this, I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember what the the show was called, but it's the one that's like... uh no whammies, no whammy. Like that, like it was a really old game show, right? Where there's like this board and there's all these prizes, and you're saying that as you hit this button and it stops the thing on one of them, right? And you either win the money, but if it lands on this one, this thing, it's a, I guess it's called a whammy. It's like a strike, right? And if you get a certain amount of them, you're out of the game. You don't win anything. So you're you're really trying to like double your money. A guy analyzed the footage from every single oh, yeah. show and learned. The, the movement of the board because it wasn't random. It was done by a computer. Have you seen the video of him doing that? Yeah, and so he just sits there and boom, he knows exactly when to <laughs> stop it and he just crushes it and just takes like the maximum amount and they like never have him back on because he oh, he's freaky. You just yeah. see him coke sweating. He's just chipping blow. Just ah! Well, it's the same thing. There's that, that one guy nobody knew about. He's like the, the most well-known person who you've never heard about from The Price is Right because this guy watch so much of the prices right and i'm talking about from the beginning like bob barker here make sure you spay and neuter your pets a spry 25 year old yeah. bob barker turn in your aluminum for the war effort kind of like a long not that old but you know. welcome to the first day of television yeah but a long time ago and he figured out 
how to like learn all the retail prices of everything that would be on the show. So it didn't matter what was on the show at a certain point. He could sit there and go, Fourteen ninety-five. That is fourteen ninety. I think he knew if it was over or under, and so he would stand in line waiting for the show, and people would recognize him. Regulars of the show would recognize him, right? He went for years and years and years where he would go on the show, and you can even go back and look at footage of people who were looking back who knew him, looking for the answer, right? You're watching the whole thing, and everyone's pressing the uh, four ninety-five, Bob, a uh, dollar, uh, two dollars, and one person looks back. And then they look up and they say the number and that person always fucking gets it because they look at him and he already knows the answer. And so these people would know to look to him during their whole time up and uh, leading up to the showcase and all that. And they, they would always win. And I think at a certain point, Bob Barker makes a comment about it. He's like, oh, yeah, you, you were looking at Alan over there, whatever the guy's name was, because I almost wonder if they were frustrated with him because he broke their game and he ends up going on it once and winning. And then they broke Alan's knuckles with a hammer. Yeah. And they stuck right. his dick in a vice. Well, it's just amazing to think about, you know, that uh, tying it all back. You know, these people got so good at these games to win money. Uh, or just our obsession with that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. I want to see people win fabulous prizes. I don't want to see them lose. I didn't want to see that fucking moron who on his $400 question didn't know what Pokemon cards were. You know, has to ask the audience and it's 90% D. And uh, he feels like a jackass. You know, he doesn't make it three more questions. Never going to be a millionaire. Yikes. I always felt bad for those guys. I guess. Yeah. But that's, hey, that's the vicious cycle in entertainment. That's, we talk about people who want to believe that anything is possible and that they can become a millionaire. They want to watch people not become a millionaire. They want to watch people mm-hmm. fall in their... It's why Fail Army has 15 million subscribers on YouTube. Pretty amazing to think that Fail Army is probably their job. They don't have to do anything else. They oh, just, my, 100%. They just do Fail Army. They just do the Fail Army stuff. And you know what the thing is? Their work is probably already done for them because the number of people who are like, oh my God, I want my video to be in the next Fail Army video. And they just send them along. You think Fail Army set cutting checks to those people? Fuck no. No, I'll be on Fail Army, and that's good yeah. exposure well, for me. Well, it's funny because back in the day we had America's Funniest Home Videos, and you had Bob Saget up there, which was so weird considering everyone who knows his comedy. But, uh, you know, he became a face of family entertainment for a while there. And, uh, you know, they they would do a run for their most popular, and then they would bring everybody back, and somebody won a prize at the end of that. You know what I mean? You probably didn't win – a shit ton of money, but like I think the winner of the whole thing ended up getting like a hundred thousand dollars or something to be America's funniest home video, and that was at least something. You've got these guys doing fail I mean, they're probably pulling in a hundred G's easy every couple of months if they've got that many followers just because of the ad revenue. It's probably insane when you think about it. Oh, they sell merch based on it, too? You get a Phil Army t-shirt. I remember watching those over at uh, at old Acebo's house. I'm not saying I don't like them, either. No, I'm fine with it. I always just know their game, though, because right before their credits at the end, what do they do? They play an ad, and then you see the last second of someone getting bonked on the head, and then wah, 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 the video ends. They got you for that ad. They get you one at the beginning, and they'll get you one at the end, and they're just, you know... They're, they're cranking money out of that. What is that, 30 cents off you times what? The 550,000 people who watch that video? Boy, that sure does seem like it added up. And how many videos do they have? Wow, hundreds and hundreds of them. So you got to figure for every person who's caught up on the old fail army catalog, there's somebody going through it brand new today or some faithful old fan who goes, my favorite one is this one from back in July. And they're watching it just generating cash for these dudes. Look at us. We watch them like eight at a whack. Yeah. We watch them over at Tanner's. And, you know, and you're sitting there thinking about it. How much money do we just generate for them? Not a lot, but that shit adds up. 
again, Fail rate people are probably millionaires. 15 million subscribers, millions of views. I'm not exactly sure what the pay-per-click ad roll situation is on YouTube. Even at it's still pretty fucking crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? If you go per video and the lowest they've got is probably something in the hundreds of thousands. So... Yeah, and at this point, I wonder. I wonder if you could go if some like if enough people have gone back and just brought all of the views up to millions. I wonder if they have any that are below a million. I mean, it's point. it's hard to guess, but that's that's the kind of thing that generates enough money where it depends on how big their team is. But they're rich, they're rich now. It's a crazy thing to think about. The number of people doing shitty, stupid. And I'm not I'm not talking about Fail Army anymore because they're whether you like it or not. I mean, they made a, they made a little business sure. good for them. But there's people out there just doing dumb shit. Or going out and pestering strangers in, in uh, you know, at the local mall, if that still exists, and uh, making fucking cash off of it. Like Every now and then you hear the story of some 16-year-old who's like, some shitty fucking video online prank YouTube influencer. And they go, yeah, his parents actually, uh, you know, at first they were confused. They always write it in that way. They were confused and concerned at first about little Jeffrey's behavior until they saw the first check come in at $60,000. And they we went, we don't have to pay for college. Yeah. Not and they, that he was going to get in. Yeah. And they sit there and they look at it and they go, well, what he's doing is objectively fucking bad. It'll be some shitty kid fucking harassing the elderly on a bus or some fucking thing. And you go, well, it's, it's kind of harmless, says the parents who are collecting $135,000 this month from the uptake in views on little Timmy's fucking podcast. And you sit there and go, geez, man, what the fuck? I just, I, I did well, first off, I don't know what I would do if I was like 16 years old being like, being like, wow, I'm like top 30 most popular on YouTube. I don't know what to do with this fame. And then second, I go, how does that fucking warp you? I think it, it warps you irreparably, and you just become a fucking sociopath. Well, dude, if Danny Bonaducci fell apart from being one of the Partridge family kids, you know? Like, what's it going to do to these kids? Especially by the time they're 25, they're chalky, they're way too deep into fucking drugs, and I'm sorry, but, like, the YouTube influencer party fucking scene, which I'm sure exists in California, a lot of other places, they're going to be burned the fuck out. No, the Hype House. Look at the Pauls. The Pauls yeah. have their defenders, but... These fuck guys, the Pauls. These guys are just sacks of goo. They like a nice pharmaceutical... And a good tattoo every now and then. One of them does fights. He's all gacked up on steroids. And oh, fuck that guy, too. Maybe everyone always talks about that. Like, has he fought Floyd fucking Mayweather? Yeah. Right? And I looked at that. I watched that fight. What a goddamn embarrassment. What a goddamn embarrassment of a fight. And I'd see yeah. the kind of thing where everyone always says, goes, well, Floyd Mayweather's good at what he does. Fuck that piece of shit. I doubt he can fucking read. I hate that dude with every fiber of my being because all he needed to do was go out there and knock hit that that fucking Paul kid the fuck out and he let him go the distance you know why because there was money, money. to be made money 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 and that's why if he you knock this asshole yeah. out like he's some guy at Home Depot that cut in front of you in line well, and no I, one gives a shit well, and I get it and if if he gets knocked down by this fucking Logan Paul guy it makes his, there goes his whole industry yeah it's over Floyd Mayweather is worth nothing at yeah he's worth nothing so he can't do that so there's got to be some fucking agreement before this fight that they're just going to dance the fuck around each other and have a good fucking time and now it's professional wrestling and yeah and now he's now he's yeah now he's in it I just want to sit there and go can someone just knock him the fuck out like I'm so sick of like the the metric for success and and, and wow what a what a person like I want to meet him is be is having a shit ton of money and having a lot of people know yeah, who you are. Yeah, and then you you do stupid shit like go film someone's dead body swinging from a tree at Okagahara Suicide Forest yeah. in Japan. Which he and did. And then you take a spiritual journey and you're humbled and people vouch for you and go, he's actually a really nice guy. I just fucking... And it the clicks come back. Yeah, he can fuck himself. And it's the kind of thing where I sit fuck there and go, him. 
They go, well, you know, you don't know what he's like, like off camera. He's just hanging out with it. I bet he's a douche. I bet he's a huge fucking douche. I know what he's like on camera. And yeah. He looks like a shit. He seems like That's a fucking That's what I'm basing cunt. my opinion on. Like he got all this money in the world for being a piece of shit. And you're telling me that his off camera is him being a swell fucking dude. Wow. You're just like the one. To, I got a piece of my mind to talk to the Paul. Thing. Well, actually, Jake and Logan are on back. Um, they're uh, they're teaching a class with a, a bunch of at risk youth teens uh, on how to become better arborists, so as to fix up fix the the local parks and, and school grounds. Yeah, Logan is working as a doula in underprivileged yeah. communities. Yeah, you know what like. I mean. You go back now. You see, kids, you take this fish and you put it at the bottom of the tr- base of the trees. That's what the Native Americans used to do. You see, oh. and it, it provides nutrients to the tree. Oh, <laughs> come over here, little scamp! And you just, All right, everybody into the pool. Yay! And they all run off. Like he's <laughs> just shooting tootsie rolls out of a cannon. No. You're, you're more likely to go back and see the dude injecting heroin in between his big toe and his leather toe. You know, you know what I mean? Like, we're, what? Probably beating those children in preparation to tenderize them so he can consume their flesh. Yeah. Allegedly. I, I feel like you'd be more likely to find him fucking eating an ortolan than donating to charity. I just, that's the feeling I get from that whole crowd. And again, it's what they lead with. It, it, it's a different thing if you lead with being squeaky clean like these evangelists. And then it comes out, oh, you're a philandering Jerry yeah. Falwell, premarital sex, whore-hiring scumbag. Hot. But if you do it the other way around, it's like, yeah, I'm a scumbag. It's like, what do you gain by being a scumbag but being a nice person in real life yeah. but only letting people know you're a nice person when the revenue stream you got by being a dickhead is threatened? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, no, of course. It's like the kind of thing where he's like walking down fucking some some – like street in Hollywood, some dude spits in his face. And goes, oh, not this again. Actually, that's just a character, you know, Turn like, the other cheek. Yeah. John three sixteen. I sincerely doubt the Paul twin. The, those are they twins? I don't fucking know. I sincerely doubt I those so. guys are the next Andy fucking Kaufman. You know what I mean? I really I really don't think that's their their game. No, um, I think it's more. It's just a prank, bro. And you're sitting there going, gee, why? Why is it that that elderly man that you nearly gave a heart attack? to on the boardwalk doesn't understand it's just a prank perhaps it's because this prank won't generate him three thousand dollars every day but that is that it perhaps that's what it's like so you have these prank people who go out and find ordinary people and the host is the x factor yeah i'm gonna make this old lady think she shit herself on the public bus he just takes out like a bag of pudding and leaves it on her seat oh goodness uh, i should see my doctor i wonder if my fucking lupus is acting up again Mm -hmm. what how have you enhanced anyone's life other than bad people are laughing at that? But then I look at the all gas, no brakes guy. That has some genuine pathos to it because sure. he, non judgmentally, you can say in the edit, maybe there's some judgment, but he. Oh, there's definitely judgment. As, as an observer, goes to like the New Age religion and philosophy crystal convention. Sure. Or he'll go to like a, a, a rave punk event he goes to anything that seems weird and sort of on on the fringe of society and he doesn't lead these people he lets them he just say whatever there. the fuck they want yeah. and he just shows them as they are and again in the editing when they do like edits to him looking at the camera like is this for fucking real like well dude, there, there's judgment in that but it's not like i'm gonna to go exist. find these fucking freaks and trick them into saying they're freaks no yeah I think he just stands there and see, here's the thing that they do that that's honestly brilliant because there's enough plausible deniability for the people who are being made fun of to deny that they're being made fun of. Sure. 
And that's that's what they do well. And I would argue that like him going to spring break in Florida and watching these dudes just like come out and be like, spring break is fucking great. Whoa, I'm going to go smash beers and crush the puss is him making fun of them. But those dudes are sitting there going, bro, check me out. I was on all gas, no brakes. He goes on. They see him. They all go, whoa, that's fucking awesome, and bro. it's like fail they, army because yeah. he literally doesn't have to do anything. They yeah. give the content to him, much like the people that hit yeah. their uncle in the nuts with a wiffle ball bat yep. and send it to fail army. Exactly. And so he just has to sit there and do his thing. And then, all like, again, you're on all gas, no brakes. All your bros are sitting there going, that's fucking awesome. And then you guys are going to all go out and drink beers and try to crush puss. Because that's what you're going to do fucking anyways. Now that you watch, you're like, you guys... Terry kind of sucks. Yeah, you noticed you, that before? I, I seem to have, have had a, a, a moment of clarity, guys. Uh, are we bad people? <laughs> They're just like, no, definitely not us. It's just Terry. Yeah. You just imagine if, if being on something like that made them realize, like, wow, our behavior is really rather abhorrent. And uh, perhaps we, we should have calmed things down. I, I can only imagine what it would have been like to have been a family on that street as we were lighting off fireworks and exposing my girlfriend Vicky's breasts for everyone to see. Do you see the one with the two white guys that are like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't even know if we can say this word. This is how, like, gacked. I hate being like this. I should just say it and take my lumps. Yeah, I'll tell you immediately if you're saying something inappropriate. It's the N-word, but it starts with a W. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. You're, you're talking about, uh, I think we all know. You're just going to move on. Okay. I don't know. I'm I really don't know. I'm going to change it to... I'll That's say, our word. I'll you can't a, say that. A Uyghur, like the Uyghurs in yeah, China. You, now, go ahead and do that with the other one and see if stretching it out makes it better. It, 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 it will. I don't need to say it to know that it will. Trust me, Rory. I'm an you're, expert. You're great. <laughs> anyway. We're really woke over here. But they're, they're, yeah. they're white guys acting black. Have you seen the video of All Gas No They did like a documentary on those guys? No. Fucking wild they are literally like clayton bigsby from dave Chappelle, but in reverse they're white guys who know that they're white but they identify as black and everyone in their black community is like yeah as far as we're concerned these guys are black huh they're one of ours and these white guys are just dropping n-bomb after n-bomb after n-bomb and no one bats a fucking eye so they got the pass wild anthropologically fucking absolutely wild which is wild so you see some of that sometimes you know i saw that was a crazy documentary actually it was about gang culture in la or not la it was um somewhere in in a northern county so i don't really want to call it la but uh it was it was basically like where all the cambodian gangs are i was like cambodian gangs really in in california oh yeah apparently and this dude who's got like a, a south korean podcast or blog or something just was like out of the blue. Like, I don't think it had anything to do with any of this shit. He just contacted them. He just started, one of them started talking to him one day. I was like, hey man, I came across your shit. I thought it was really great. And he's like, oh, when they started talking, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm in a gang. I'm in gang culture out here. He's like, can I come visit? And the guy was like, yeah, sure, man. Anytime, just come down to this neighborhood. And it's like a bad neighborhood with a very high, high, high crime rate. Like the kind of place where like the cops don't go. You just walk in there with a backpack full of podcasting equipment. Dude, the guy just walked in with a fucking ca- with his phone on a selfie stick and he got an Airbnb somewhere outside of the neighborhood and he showed up and the person there who was like, he's like, yeah, I, can I go to, I, I can't remember what park it was. It was something park. And the per- woman looked at him like you immediately see her just lean up and look over at him. He's got his camera. He's already recording. She goes, yeah, don't go there. And he's like, why? What's the problem? And this guy doesn't really even speak English that well. She's like, there's a it's just huge gang activity like the gangs run that park do not go to that park don't go to the streets around it you are putting your life in danger if you do 
And so he immediately sets out to go to that park. Just immediately, just heads off because she was like, he was like, oh, okay. Thank you for that. He orders an Uber and just goes to him and goes, so-and-so park and just immediately heads for the park. And he meets those people out there. And they just gang leader for a day, sociology, basically. They just immediately like accept him and welcome him in. And I'm talking about like these are the, these dudes are carrying rifles with them everywhere they go. Like they're strapped the whole fucking time. It's like July 4th or something. Everybody's out in the street. Everybody's just lighting off fireworks, you know. Uh, BMX shit's going around, like you know what I mean, like all this. Not a cop in fucking sight. All of them, M4 rifles, just strapped to the fucking gills, and it's just such a crazy thing on two points. Because one, look at what like what people are doing and what situations they put themselves in in order to get a story, in order to see like an interesting way of life. And two, look at the way people live in America, like right around the fucking block. You the, know, the that is interesting. But the problem I have with it is, I think it's tainted by the fact that they didn't roll this podcaster that guy should have reached out and been like yeah come down anytime and then they fucking sell his organs because this idea that like he can walk in there protected by the gang accepted by the gang they maybe give him a nice fucking item of clothing to go a a commemorative plate to Mm. go home with i mean it wasn't even that type of gang though man you know what i mean it's like they're crips out there and really more or less like this these are the type of gangs that for the most part they're just slinging crystal meth like that's what they're doing the idea that like well they didn't hurt him so there must be an innate nobility to what they do is really fucking i'm not saying you're how dare you i'm not (laughs) saying you're saying that i'm saying my problem is with people who do that kind of thing yeah who well, want to treat gang members like gorillas in the mist. Well, and, and I'm like, not trying to treat them like gorillas in the mist. I just think I'm not saying you are. No, no, no. And I get that. But what I'm saying is there also might be a misnomer in the same light by saying that just because they're a member of a gang, that means they go out and they roll people for their shit rather than what they are is just involved in the criminal enterprise of selling drugs. I'm sure there are situations where shit happens and people get the fucking shit kicked out of them. Guns are fired. People steal shit from other gang members. People hit a spot, that kind of thing. But for the most part, just because you're involved in that kind of stuff doesn't mean you're going to be walking by somebody on the street and you go, yeah, that seems like a good person to rob, and you're just going to take all their shit. Maybe not, you but you, you are still a criminal. You still are putting your life in your hand when yeah. you're going into a dangerous neighborhood that the cops don't even go to, though. I mean, you have to be willing to sit there and understand that you're putting your life in your hands like that. And I think the guy did to a certain point. But at the same time, there's also that argument of like, well, what were you wearing? <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, there's a, there's obviously a uh, a fucking ass hair's edge between a lot of this stuff. It's a it's something you kind of have to have a nuanced conversation about because I don't think that one be all end all rule applies to the whole thing, you know. Yeah, I just don't like people who walk away from an experience like that. It from, was so cool from consuming a podcast like that and being like, oh wow, it's like oh if I see a tiger in the wild, I'll walk up and pet it because it's an experience. Yeah, right. You feel like you learned all you need to learn from a podcast, and now you're not afraid anymore of something you should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sure, I mean, like, don't go pet a crystal meth dealer. Well, and I think anybody who goes there to watch that podcast or to watch information like that, and they come out of it going. I'm going to do the same thing. You didn't get the right thing out of it. The dude did it so you didn't have to to show you a different like aspect of life that you are not privy to or never would be had he not done it because you never would have known about it. There's certain interest to that from like a again like a psychological sociological perspective of like this whole other culture and the way of these people are living you never would have known about in the backyard of like people who were down on rodeo or rodeo drive you know in, in 24 million dollar homes and you drive six miles up the way into this different county and you are in a whole fucking different world i think there's something really interesting about that 
But that's obviously not doesn't in any way comment towards you know the main criticism you had. Well, it's anything can be interesting. I'm interested in the Taliban. No, you're not. I'm, you're full of lies. Well, the, hot take. I joined the Taliban, so I have to be interested in it. Oh, uh, that's fun. But they, I would. Hi, FBI. I would right now, man. I'm so hungover. If they were like, we can help we you. We can fix you. We can fix you. I might have to pledge allegiance. How long before to... you end up in ISIS K? Because like they're recruiting the people who join like the Taliban or like Hezbollah or any of those other groups, <laughs> and they say. These groups aren't extreme enough. We need something else. And that's where ISIS comes we in. We need a guy who wants to die so badly because he drank for the first time in 18 months. I'm not trying to get, do anything. I'm not trying to get political, but I thought ISIS was eradicated, Trump. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say ISIS was eradicated? Yeah, we defeated ISIS. Fucking A, man. I'm so... Why can't we have good politicians in America? Why can't we just have good things? We can't just have nice things Because here. we have to vet the host of Jeopardy! With more diligence than we do the next president. I guess so. Have you seen any of this Jeopardy shit? I've seen a little bit of it. I just wanted them to have LeVar Burton. As I wanted host. LeVar Burton too. And I hear from what happened because I didn't watch it. I hear it came on with a little bit too much energy when he did host. People said he was condescending and I'm like, fuck you. Do you remember Trebek? Do you remember Alex fucking Trebek? That dude was the most condescending bastard in the world. I used to like, when I was a kid, the one thing that was consistent would be my dad if he would watch Jeopardy. But ah, it's the same thing uh, from that SNL skit. This guy reads from a card. He's reading the answers from a card. Yeah. That's, you know, and he was a cunt about it. He was a total asshole, Trebek. But again, everyone's like, oh, what a nice man. And he means a lot to everybody. I get that. Sure. Horrible way to die, etc. But they have literally stretched out finding his replacement. Just end the fucking show then. For almost a year. Yeah. Just pick someone. Pick someone around the fucking show. God damn, pick someone. They're doing like two weeks for Carey. celebrity host. Yeah. Drew Let Carey. Drew double great. up. Yeah. There you go. He looks like a fucking slob right now, though. Really? He's got like a patchy gray beard and his hair's all thin and but he's, shitty. And he's he wears still sneakers. he's all nice and thin and like healthy from the Drew Carey days, though. It's yeah, but great. he should gain some of that weight back. He's got a parasite. He <laughs> just didn't know. Probably just wasting he paid away. to have it put up his butt. As he just slowly becomes thinner. Please take thinner. some of Wayne Brady's poop and put it up my butt so I get healthier. He's got a wasting disease. And nobody knew. Yeah, it's called <laughs> wasting his time and talent. Everybody was just praising him for it, so he never got it fixed. People love me. They like me now that I look like Ryan Stiles without the height. <coughs> and he just coughs up a tooth. <laughs> Why are my teeth gray and soft? Uh, he he really, like, the time is right for a Drew Carey show revival. I don't, I disagree. I'm so sick of. They're of, reviving everything. I'm so sick of it, though. That's but why. Get get in there. They're going to bring wanna, Frasier back. Really? Yep. Same cast? Can't. Ostensibly. You can't. Well, you can't bring the dad back. Yeah. But and I thought Kelsey Grammer was canceled because I thought he was like rapey or something allegedly. Really? I don't know. I mean, I that's surprising. He's also conservative, so like he does himself no favors. Well, by that's one like, of the funny Wah. things that I always bugs the shit out of me is everyone's like the liberal fucking Hollywood establishment. I'm like, do you understand how many like conservatives there really are in Hollywood? Because there's quite a few. Just nobody ever wants to fucking look into it. And some of them just don't fucking say anything about it because yeah. Well, because again, Democrats they, buy movie tickets too. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, I, I, you'd be lying to say that it, you know Hollywood doesn't lean left because it obviously does. Sure, it's just they don't fucking do anything about it unless you're George Clooney or Ashton Kutcher. I think those are the last. Is Ashton Kutcher doing anything other than that weird banking app that I don't understand? Mm, Ashton Kutcher did a thing for a while where he was helping the, I think it was the FBI, um, develop software to catch um, child predators. Hmm. So that was pretty cool of him. 
It was um, it was something. It was it was about analyzing and tracking child pornography on the internet so that you could more accurately like basically capture the people who were spreading it. That's really cool until yeah. that somehow gets developed to be used against us for other things. Well, that's this dude. I, it's funny you say that because like last night I was watching this video on Reddit of this like it was the Cubs or, or I can't remember the, the baseball team but like they did a drone display right and it's a Star Wars drone display and up in the sky you see the Star Wars crawl and then like lightsabers and like Yoda and, I go, and it's like kind of like it's fun images and the only thing I can think of is I'm like that's so pretty I wonder how the military is developing this so they can surveil and attack strangers in other countries the last thing a little like Afghani kid sees his Yoda dancing yeah. before just the fucking sky is lit up before and the, the whole thing just turns to glass. He just rushes at him. <laughs> and they just go. Fucked you are. Well, there's that video from years ago where they were talking about militarized drones. Like, basically, all you need is a drone and, like, some some visual sort of technology, like a, an ID. Kind of the stuff that the military, you know, is using um, or getting help with through, you know, things like Snapchat and uh, Instagram and all these things that we load hundreds if not sometimes thousands of pictures of ourselves up into and it really you're just helping ai to identify f- through facial recognition yeah, biometrics software. yeah i look like a doggy it's like exactly yeah, you look like a doggy you sure might do. have robbed a bank in tuscaloosa seriously and so people don't people don't seem to understand that that they're helping biometrics head by decades by doing that stuff it's free for a reason folks it's because you're the fucking product and that's okay whatever have fun with your filters i don't give a shit but it's going to be not that far. And again, there was this really scary video years ago. They were talking about like a military contract. And all of it was hypothetical, obviously. But all you need is a drone with a certain amount of like a C4 pack in the front of it. And it just... That thing that won't stop hunting you. I saw yeah. that same video. It will like fly through fucking walls to get you. It will not yeah. explode until it gets you yes. specifically. Yeah. It, yeah. it can wait. You're inside. That's okay. It can wait for you to come outside. You're asleep. That's okay. It doesn't have to sleep. The only way you can effectively avoid this type of technology is if you never sleep or have somebody who can constantly drive you, right? Can they put you on a plane for forever? If they can't, eventually a drone's going to get you. And of course, the scenario takes it all these extreme things where it shows all these attacks and like political demonstrators and dissenters. And there's these kids inside of a college dorm. And uh, these things just fly in and start snapping people in the brains. And these people in a lecture hall. And all of a sudden, the door just snaps open. The glass breaks. And like 30 drones come in and just tactically go, pop, 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 and just take out certain people. And that's it. There's nothing you can fucking do about it. And it kind of reminds me of, the, of all the drone videos you see from Iraq and Afghanistan, where there's just some person setting up an IED on a side road. You assume that's what he's doing. I take their word for it. But it's some dude off, off the side, and he gets off his, off his bike. And he starts fucking with the side of the road, and then all of a sudden he's a crater. He's just gone. And you're watching it from half a mile up from this dude who's sitting in a drone going, yeah, is that what the guy doing? Do we have clearance to take the shot? We do? Okay, go ahead. You hear beep. And then 30 seconds later, that guy is gone. Vapor. He's no more. And I can only imagine that that shit's going to become more and more and more efficient. To the people who think that you're living in a major city right now and that there's not a drone above you right fucking now. You're wrong. In fact, you can probably go online right now and find out. You go, how many drones are flying above New York City or Chicago or Boston or L.A. or Miami or really any city? You think Salt Lake City because they got the Mormons? You think that they're, they're, they're not, no one cares about that? Nope. Drones. There's drones over a huge percentage of the United States right now, at least in terms of the large population centers. And it's all surveillance. Or maybe some of it's weather and some of it's this and that. It doesn't really fucking matter. They've got cameras on it. And they're looking down. I hate it because it makes me sound like a tinfoil hat wearing nut, you know, 
but we're there. No, we're already I mean, there. Notice how I haven't jumped in and called you crazy at any yeah. point because it's not. I don't think it's tinfoil hat theory at this point. No, and so you look at all that and you go, okay, but w- you know, where is this going to take us in uh, you know in a couple of years? Well, why would anyone believe the government isn't trying to actively destroy us? They need enough of us to survive to make sure that the machine of capitalism keeps working. But we're also a goddamn pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So anytime these Ronald Reagan types get in, they're like, the government just has to get out of your way so you can thrive. In the meantime, we'll enact policies and do dirty shit behind the scenes that make sure that we thin the herd. You talked about eugenics earlier. Well, can't really get away with that. But, hey, we've got other ways. We're not too concerned about it. This we'll is, figure it out. Again, it's going to make me sound like a tinfoil hat-wearing nut, but I've never seen any better eugenics program than the fact that the better the food, the more it costs. You know, There's mm-hmm. a reason we have armies of people getting heart disease from McDonald's. I'm going to probably eat McDonald's later tonight. You know, <laughs> It's because the people who don't have the money to eat healthy don't eat healthy. Right. You and think- it's chemically addictive because yeah. it's so delicious. Yeah. Well, that's the reason why it's like when, you, when I say delicious fries – Right, right out of the uh, right out of the fry later. You think of one place. You thought of something. You thought of Wendy's fries. Mm-hmm. You thought of McDonald's fries. You thought of Burger King fries. Maybe you thought of that that place down the street, right? But everybody's got their own signature taste to it. You know what I mean? That's why when I talk, when I say McDonald's fries, you know that specific type of taste that I'm talking about because it's the brand. It's the brand signature. Mm, that's why McDonald's and Burger King fight because their burger tastes different. And that's you know. For the record, Burger King burgers are better. McDonald's fries are better. Yeah, it depends on the day. It depends on the situation, I guess. Burger yeah. King has some wild burger variations. Yeah. Oh, my God. We just turned into Tanner and Mitch for a minute. Yeah, we did. Watch out. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, knows that the best thing is you get the McDonald's fries, you get the Burger King burger, and you get biscuits from Popeye's or KFC along with some of the um, mac and cheese. Unless your franchise is the kind of place that makes your mac and cheese a little bit runny, you're a fucking sadist. I hate you. Fix that shit. Ooh. I got a shout out. I promised I would shout her out, but we were both really fucking drunk. Emily Machado got married. Oh, yeah. There's been a couple of marriages. Been a couple of marriages. Emily Machado just got married. Macaroni and cheese. The reason I bring it up, she had a macaroni and cheese bar at her wedding. I'll never forgive her for not inviting me now. I cry. A single tear rolled out of my eye and turned into a bald eagle and flew away. Did it have like that cookie crumb thing going on? Sure did. Fuck you, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) You ruined my that life. That wedding was uh, lit 100. Quit bragging about your wonderful time and the the unity of love that you went and experienced. Listen, I'm paying for uh, it today. I I don't care. The people behind the bar oh. were drinking. Oh, they no. They were getting drunk. So when you went up to get a drink from them, they just pour you a glass of vodka and a little floater of grapefruit oh, no. juice Today on you're it. paying for your wonderful memories and good time. Oh, I feel so bad for you. I don't you. remember anything. Uh, apparently you remember enough about the delicious mac and cheese bar. Oh, my God. Nobody even so, brought me any. So good. Dead. Yeah. Dead inside. Also, a friend of the pod, Andy, got married the other week. Yeah. So that's there's a lot of marriages going on. Yeah, well, Andy didn't have a fucking macaroni and cheese bar, so he's <laughs> fucking dead to me. I don't know. He had pork sliders. I don't know what he had. But, uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, bon me hot dogs? Everybody's, <laughs> oh, fancy. Everybody's like, uh, everybody's everybody's linking up. And I get it. I understand. Because you never know if we're going to be dead next year or not. You want to also hear the most hilarious thing about Emily's wedding? No. I'm sitting at a table with all couples. We've got Dustin and Sammy. We've got Tanner and Anna. These are all names. Griffin and Melissa. Uh-huh. And then there was supposed to be Craig and his wife, Leah. Shout out to Craig and Leah. Craig and Leah. Craig. Craig's wife couldn't make it. 
their kid was sick, so she stayed at home. So he was kind of on his own as well. And then there was me, and then there was this girl, Bridget. Is she the only other single person at this entire Bridget wedding? Bridget and I are the only other two single people at this table. How awkward. So the photographer comes over and naturally looks at the two whitest, ruddiest-looking people and goes, well, they must be a couple. Why don't you two scoot in there? And me, being a monkey on autopilot with liquor in him, goes, okay, I have no idea why this guy would... Oh, he thinks we're in a relationship, and I've already got my arm around her and my face pressed against hers. So... At that point, you go, absolutely. You grab her chin and you just lick her cheek. Just lay one on her. Just blow a huge raspberry on the side of her neck. You take a surgical glove and you stretch it across her mouth and you blow into her nose. Just... My God, I think I just came. You guys will be talking about that on your 40th anniversary. I'll tell you what. Yeah. That's what I knew. That's what I knew. He was the one. And we were just joking about that. We're like, we're so fucked. The two single, we're like the only two single people here sitting here, and there's nothing going on between us. Listen, man, I, I've got a wedding I'm going to next month where I, I did not get a plus one, and uh, at least I don't think I did. Huh. Anyways, I'm going to a wedding next month for my friend, my parents' friend's kid. I used to babysitter. I don't know how I got an invite. I'm a little worried that I'm going to this wedding, and it's going to be all of her parents' friends. That got invited to the wedding and not any of her friends because I sat there like I was like, oh, okay, I'll totally go to the wedding. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And it wasn't until like recently I sat there and was like, wait, why the fuck am I invited to this wedding? Is this I I won't say her name. I'll mouth it and we'll just have some dead air. No. Okay. Never mind. No, not even not even close. Um, Yeah. No, I'm uh, it's funny. Well, because I'm going to this uh, I'm going to this wedding. It's being held in one of the larger rooms at my previous employer. Ah, yes. So I'll be going back there to my the old restaurant where I used to work, hopefully into a different room to not have to see any of them, uh, for this wonderful wedding. So that's half the fun. And then I realized, I don't know anyone going to this wedding except for my dad's friends. So I'm probably going to have a night of hanging out, drinking with my dad's friends. That sounds good to me, man. Yeah. And I just sit there and go, I'm going to be single, and Lord knows who else is going to be single at this party. Maybe some of your dad's friends. Uh, yeah, great. Well, that's the thing. It's either going to be people my dad's age or people this girl's age. It's not I, gay if we all close our eyes and don't say government names. I used to babysit this girl. <laughs> so it's going to be weird if some of her friends are like, oh, yeah. I'm like, nope, nope. I'm just going to think of like a poopy diaper. You want to or- see how good Uncle Rory gives a bath? Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> One of them just raises her hand slowly. Yeah, great. I, I kind of do. Okay. So, yeah, so that's what I have to look forward to. I'm just going to – I hope it's an open bar. <laughs> I think I'm getting the steak dinner, too. Ooh, it's nice. going to be good. Yeah, mostly, Ma- Machado did a nice for. buffet idea. It was great. And she smartly did a cash bar mm. because everyone there was a fucking animal. Alcoholic, yeah. Oh, Al- yeah, sure. Monsters. And I include myself in that. We are – again, the bartenders were wasted. So by the time it took 10 fucking minutes to close my tab mm. and I was as drunk as them. So I'm like, I can't help you. Yeah. I don't remember my own name. Pick a card and give it to me. Pick a card, any card. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't even know. I don't. Uh, shocker. I'm not a huge wedding guy. Oh, I am. I had a lot of fun going to like my friends from college's wedding just because it was mostly like a reunion. Yeah, like, it was more like a reunion. And also some people are getting stuck together forever. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Like, I really had fun doing that. But as I get older now, I'm just like, ah. it's just the same conversation every single time. Oh, I'm sure there's a nice girl in your life. 
And I'm like, none that want like to hang out with me for like extended periods of time. Not really. I, well, that, what are you doing with yourself? About what? <laughs> that's why I loved Machado's wedding because it was just like you made a friend everywhere you went. Someone would yeah. walk up to you and be like, hey, hey, you want to try to rip this lamppost out of the ground? Capital idea, old <laughs> sport. And then Super. the two of you are tackling it together, making memories. Yeah, because see, you, were, you went to a wedding of our generation. So With it was just no family. Yeah, it was friends abound. Yeah, it was none of my family. Most of the weddings I've gone to, like, Dante, you had to marry someone in my family so I couldn't <laughs> get fucking blitzed. Now uh, I did anyway. I was going to say, now, this has happened twice where I've been at weddings. I've been at two weddings of you and your families. And you've been blackout drunk at both of them. But I have to do it slower. I did it my way. And what seems more subtle at the time. Which makes it worse. Let me just get... What do you mean you did it in time? We had drinks at the wedding, the first one. We were sitting there listening to them say their vows while your mom turned around and said, you two need to be quiet. <laughs> me and my sister. Yeah. yeah. My sister. I was sitting there laughing. But that's that's just it, is we feel like we got to get our licks in or we're going to get judged. If you let us drink openly without judgment... You'll you have, raise a glass You'll have us. plenty to judge. We'll get just as drunk, but we won't feel like there's a chip on our shoulder. It changes your whole mentality. It's like mushrooms. Your mind has to be right before you enter the journey. It didn't change my judgment at all. I just kept drinking. It's like, no. You know, but then again, it wasn't my family. Yeah. Like, well, I have to bury some of these people someday, man. They need to respect me a little bit. Not really. You're, you're a pallbearer. I don't and respect them. The, the, the handle breaks off because they were too cheap to afford a decent coffin. Bumper comes spilling out. <laughs> I, I coffin flop. Yeah. <laughs> People say we rigged it. I didn't rig shit. <laughs> I didn't rig jack shit. Uh, Such terrible. a good skit. Yeah. Such a good so show. yeah. So that's yeah. That's about it. But I promised Machado I would pump her tires on the show. It really truly was top five all time. I'm going to go ahead and say top three all time wedding I've ever been to. Ooh, I don't know which one was my favorite wedding I've ever been to. Liddy, Liddy, Liddy. I danced so much and I wore stretchy khakis so that when I dropped down into a squat and blow the asshole of my pants out, I felt like that ballad up all. And I'd also like to say he doesn't listen to the show. I'm fairly certain, but I would like to also make it clear because he earned it. Griff daddy Griffin last man standing. Listen to the pod, Griffin. He also slept through the complimentary continental breakfast. Take of that what you will. What a hero. That might have been one of my more favorite weddings. It was one of... Uh, so I, I knew these two twins in college. Uh, I won't blow them up. They don't listen. It doesn't matter. But one of their weddings was pretty fantastic. And I had a friend. His name was Craig, who uh, I went to college with. And he transferred like halfway through his time. And so we didn't see each other a lot, but he count, he comes to this wedding and he gets so drunk, him and his, his I think his fiance, I'm not sure if they're married yet. Um, they get so drunk, they miss their flights the next day. They have to reschedule their flights. So I get to hang out with him like all day the next day. It was pretty great. It was, it was a lot of fun hanging out. Was he, was that the time I met him when he was like dying on your bed? Yes. He looked like a tuberculosis patient yes. just trying to drift away. Yeah, that was the day after that wedding. We had all come back through. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so that one was pretty fun. Hey, man, you want a Reese cup? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, basically. Stop talking. Stop. No. You're no. so loud. No, thank you. And we just hung out. Yeah, because he just needed somewhere to land. I was like, dude, any time. Yeah, any time. Cool shit. Yeah, I, I miss the guy so much. 
uh, one of one of my better friends from the college time. But you were like, he's so cool, and I'm just there, and he's just turning into goo on it's your bed. And I'm like, come on, little, do something. Little just white spit up. <laughs> <laughs> come on, be cool, do yeah. something. What you didn't know is at that time, his girlfriend was asleep in their car because she was so uncomfortable inside my room <laughs> that she couldn't be in there. Because obviously it was a hot box of misery. Ooh, yeah. This is when I was, yeah, because this is when I was in the room with no windows. Yep. And the temperature was always, it, it, even in the coldest snap. Yeah, imagine that in a hangover. Well, that's why I loved it, though. In the middle of the winter, it'd be negative 15 outside. And uh, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm freezing. And I'm just a ball of, of cold. And uh, there's ice hanging off. And it's a blizzard. And you walk in my room, a balmy 75 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> just Welcome to Rory's yeah. room, man. Wow, did I just get to the equator? Whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, oh, look, someone put a lay around my neck when I walked <laughs> through my bedroom yeah. door. How <laughs> much fun. What's the oxygen circulation like in this room? Anyone? Uh, whatever. Well, it's very poor. I'm yeah. drinking my own urine out of a coconut and loving it. Yeah. If anyone wonders why I'm weird, it's probably from like a good half a year in that room. Probably. There's probably a radon leak there that you didn't know about. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I died 20 minutes into recording this podcast. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. No, that's how fine. it feels. Whatever. You had a good run. Did I? No. I just wanted to make you feel better. Did I? Your happiest moment was going to that wedding. The mac and cheese. Yeah, I don't know. Mac it's and little, cheese. I'm saying it was probably pretty great. I put the moves on that single girl, too. She got too drunk. Wasn't what having it. Do, what are you going to do then? My favorite, I was at, it was at the other Parisi wedding. Uh, there was this really cute girl who is friends of, uh, she was friends of like some of my friends. So like I'd met her a couple of times. She was not interested in me at all. Anytime I've ever met her, it's always just been like a not, like not even like really having a conversation or anything. She just wasn't interested. But at the end of this night, we're all hanging out in the lobby. Somebody had bought like a bottle of champagne or something. We're like just like hanging out. Like somebody just like last call at the bar. Oh, I better buy a bottle of something. And uh, so she's hanging out and I'm with my buddy Jaden. <laughs> and Jaden's talking. He, he, it was some pickup line about like, you know, like, yeah, I want to talk to you all night, but I just can't talk to pretty girls or something. It was, it was like, kind of funny, but also lame, but also perfect for like we're all drunk and hanging out. And so he's talking about that line. And then right in front of it, I used it on her. <laughs> and she's like. Oh my God, that's so sweet. Like, she starts being really nice to me. And in the corner of my eye, he had like that Stewie Griffin family guy's, Oh man, what? <laughs> Wait, what would you do? And I just like kind of half made eye contact while I did it. And he's like, Oh man, what? And it was really one of the funniest moments uh, that was great for me because this is the same guy who like screwed me really bad in, in college once when we were trying to bail. I th I've told the story on yeah. here. We were trying to bail on a, a play and he just destroyed me. Uh, so any chance I get, I try to do that shit to him. Yeah, fuck it. All what a, fair. What a fond memory. But I'd never, like, it was funny because the line actually worked, which is why I remember it. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's so sweet. And then she, like, ran off to throw up because she was very drunk. It's not like anything was going to happen. But it was just yeah. funny to be like, oh, look, this pretty girl I've had a crush on every time I've seen her for the past three years actually said something to me this time. Thanks, Jaden. He was just like, oh, man. She thought you were a cardboard cutout of Dane Cook. Maybe. Maybe. More than likely. That was that was right in the middle of lots of drinking, Rory. See, I love Chris Farley. I've talked about it before. I love the way he used to bird dog chicks. <laughs> oh, jeez. Stand around the mall and be like, hi, hi. Hey. Um, <laughs> Look at his hand. I want to eat this orange, but my fingernails are too stubby. Could, could you start it for me? <laughs> and I really want to do that, but with a raw steak. <laughs> just hand it. Be like, will you peel my orange? Just like, oh, my God. Like, I better do what this you? guy wants because he's fucked up. Be careful. There's a lot of crazy stuff like that. I saw a really disturbing video of a man standing in the middle of city traffic, uh, masturbating while fingering his butthole, screaming at the top of his lungs. Wow. And I always think, I'm like, how many shades off am I from being mistaken for someone like that sometimes? 
Well, Rory, there's only one way to find out. There's I, plenty of highway. Like, I think usually, like, a lot. But also, I have to admit to myself, probably at a couple times, like, maybe one or two shades away, you know? What do you think would push you over the edge? How do you think we find out for sure? Oh, I don't know. You'd have to go find footage of me anytime I've ever blacked out. <laughs> and then you'd be able to tell, like, this one? Real close to you're, being the finger, finger in his butthole guy, Rory. You're pretty good, and I didn't see a lot of your college repertoire, to be sure. But we have known each other for a while, and we've been to the wars, and I, I've I noticed that you are better than everyone else of putting yourself to bed. You realize you've reached your limit, and you haven't even gotten close to exceeding your limit. You've pushed it, mm-hmm. but you haven't crossed the you haven't stepped over the line. Sure, and you put yourself to bed, and yeah. then usually we come in and destroy you. Yes, yeah. It's, I usually try to be at least somewhat responsible, and then you guys teach me why it's it's worth. Well, you know what the thing is is usually it's because all uh, and the truth is is like when we were growing up, it's because all you motherfuckers were so fucking loud. Oh sure, you were so obnoxiously, painfully loud. I'm talking like just six people at a table. Don't really have to be screaming at one another, but nonetheless are because two people are trying to have a conversation across the table while the other two people try to have a conversation across the table, neither of whom is going to stop, both of whom are talking about something completely different. And so by the time like two o'clock in the morning would roll around, I'd go, I have a fucking headache. I have a wicked headache. And uh, I would love to hang out. And that doesn't mean this was every time because sometimes I'd be up there as late as everybody else. But for the most part, I'd go, I think I'm done. And then wouldn't you know it if like, 15 minutes into me being asleep, no matter where it was, whether I was on the couch giving you guys plausible deniability to harass me or whether I was in a room giving you less plausible deniability to harass me. You guys did it anyways. We sat in gum. Every fucking time. So I don't know. Maybe it was from seeing you guys do that to me all the time that made me realize I don't want to be you guys doing that. Well, and I didn't want to be you guys either, so I stopped drinking and I started again last night. And I got to tell you, it's going to be another 18 months before I do that again i'm gonna have a beer when i get home <laughs> it's fucking oh god it's uh, i forgot how bad it sucks to be hung over it's because you're doing it wrong man you're doing it wrong you did what everybody always does first off which is where they always either go all or nothing <sighs> nobody has any discipline and when you're drinking you're not drinking any water at the same time no i was i was i was double fisting i got were shit you, for were it you, were you chugging the water i was taking i was going sip for sip okay so basically because they were gasoline these drinks tasted like fucking rocket fuel well see that was the problem then you're putting way more alcohol into your body than you were water but no i would try i would take a sip of this insane booze and i pay i took two sips and went i need to pace myself and i paced myself but in pacing myself i drank a lot of fucking vodka well that's the point though is you're sitting there going you know like if you're drinking a beer and then you have a water you have a beer and you have a water that's fine but that's supposed to be a shot to a glass of water and you're sitting there drinking a glass of vodka thinking that you can then follow that with a glass of water and they're like and like i was drinking like nine glasses of water per glass of I vodka don't i had fucking now jeans with me i'm chugging i don't know and i still people at that wedding feel like a fucking finger puppet we're, today. we're gonna need a fact check on that one i'm hollow on the inside we're, you're, i'm gonna cut back to last night is just you spilling water up people going i am the jesus christ of weddings i, I my it manifested with me i was dancing i tore that fucking thing i left it all out on the floor last night that's the spirit it was amazing i was not known for my drunkenness i was known for my wild dancing mm-hmm. I think this is all in all, though, why I, I kind of get bummed out at weddings now. It's like half of that for me was mingling and catching up and half of it was hitting on the single women. <laughs> and now 
as the like the farther you go on, it's there are no like single the people. supply of single yeah. women is dwindling, and, and the craziness is is mitigated in a lot of cases. Luckily, not for you this time, but like a lot of it ends up being people going, "Yeah, I just I gotta run back to to the kids," and you know, da da da. And we're a lot more we're a lot more you know responsible now. <laughs> you know, we're, uh, we we did get the hotel room so we could stay out, and then that staying out late becomes ten thirty. Because it's already two hours later than they're normally up. Because normally they put the kids to bed at 7 and by 8, oh, they're already tuckered out and in bed and asleep. And yes, I am giving you shit, parents. I am giving you shit. What happened to you? You used to be cool. Now you just want to make stir fry and watch Frasier. Now you just want to like watch your children grow up healthy and well-adjusted and it makes me sick. I hope shit wouldn't have flown last night. Even the parents were up late. Yep. So but it's just funny, man. Like it's it's what happens now. Is like I realize like anytime I go and try to catch up with my friends who have entered that like marital stage of their life, have no fucking time. And it's not even that, like I need you to like be able to hang out like all night. You know what I mean? But it's the kind of thing where like what used to be going out and getting dinner and getting drinks is now going out and getting dinner and watching them leave right afterwards. What used to be being like, well, yeah, well, let's do, you know, we just finished eating here at this place. Let's go grab some drinks at another bar and, you know, catch up some more and da da da. And then that becomes, you know, doing what have you. Let's eat standing up at a kiosk and then I need to leave immediately. Yeah. Because the well, pediatrician called. We need to go relieve the sitter. Yeah. What, ha- you know, whatever it happens to be. And I sat there and it goes, did, did I do something wrong by not pursuing that? No. No, Rory. It's the married people it's who are wrong. Married who are wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I had one little sad boy self-pity moment that lasted about 30 seconds last night where it was the one slow dance that the guy played and all the couples. I don't know what song it actually was. I think it was a Neil Young song. But in my head, I replay it as Maybe I'm Amazed. Every time our eyes meet. Like it's a sixth grade dance. And it was like literally, literally three people are not dancing. It was Craig, whose wife was home with the ill baby. So he still has someone to go home to. And then it was me. And then it was the other single girl. And she was not interested. And she vanished to parts unknown. Yeah. Doesn't you look at Craig and you go, this dance was always for you. No, we don't have to tell anyone about this if you don't want to. Tanner and I did take a picture with him. He's like, oh. Because everybody at our table was technically coupled, according to the photographer, except for uh. poor Craig. So Tanner and I got in there. I wanted to give him a kiss on each cheek. If it was me, I would have gotten a picture with me with some of the mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my baby. Your hands in yeah. it. Just like cheek to cheek with some mac and cheese. <laughs> I'm going to smug you back to my room in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately rocket you out into the toilet bowl. Yep. Well, glad you had a good time, though. It was good. I just wanted to give, uh, I wanted to give Emily Machado her due. It truly was a night of nights. As ZZ Top would say, it was big and it was nationwide. Well, there you go. There you have it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I'm pretty fucked up and gassed here. No, I was just going to give props to... Uh, I was going to say congrats to Andy because he also got married. and uh, he Whatever. Uh, well, we didn't mention him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It felt bad. Fucking C- Andy. Congrats to all of our newlyweds of, of recent... If you got married three weeks ago or later, I don't give a shit. Um, and if you're getting married three weeks from now or so... Whatever. Fuck off. We're done with wedding content. This is the Goldilocks zone. And if you weren't in it, then you're not in the habitable zone of the Skimbo Lounge. So So it's pretty much Andy and Emily. Yeah. Congratulations. Everybody else, go take a flying leap. You didn't pick the right time. Wrong kid, dad. Fuck off. You're single for a reason or you're married and it's loveless (laughs) and everybody knows it. But you anyway. Yeah. Come join us in the suffering. Join us. Mm, The broth is so warm. 
That's probably all I'm going to be able to eat tonight is warm broth. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say? Nope. You good? Yep. Okay. The Magoobie okay. shows are canceled. I'm an alcoholic again. So until next time, thank you. Go fuck yourselves. And goodbye. Goodbye.